Thank you, worship team. Well, good morning and welcome to Crossbridge, whether you are here in person or online. We are so glad that you have joined us this morning. And today, uh, we are wrapping up this, this series we've been in called Prayers for Grownups. And my name is Brad. I'm the lead pastor here and one of the teaching pastors. And before we actually jump into this series, I just want to kind of give you a heads up on some of the things that are going to be happening over the next few weeks. Next week, we start a brand new series called Supernatural. And uh, it's going to be on Halloween, and I am actually kicking it off and be talking about spiritual warfare. So I'm excited about that. And then we're going to be talking about the Holy Spirit some during that, that uh, series also. But we're going to break this, this, that series up. We're going to do two weeks, and then we're going to take a stop on November 14th, and we're going to do a Vision Sunday. We're going to have a panel up here and just talking about where we believe that God is asking us as a church to go and, do, and making some challenges and things like that. But uh, we're looking forward to just laying out saying, hey, here's where we believe that the, the church is going in the future, and, and we just love you being a part of that. So that's on November 14th. And that night, we're going to come back, and, and Jake and the worship team is actually going to do a worship night. And so we'll do that in the morning and then come back in the evening and just do a whole night of worship. So we hope that you'll join us for that. And then come back and do two more weeks of our, of our series Supernatural. And then our Christmas series starts. Can you believe it's that time already? But man, it's just kind of been a, a whirl, whirlwind. But this whole, this whole series we've been in, this prayer for grown-ups, we've been talking about how the disciples asked Jesus to teach them how to pray. They had grown up praying all their lives. They would have been grown up in, in rabbi school, if you will, until the age of about 12 or 14, and they would have learned all kinds of prayers. They would have prayed some of the Old Testament that we know of, but there was something different about the way Jesus prayed, and, and they just couldn't understand. There was something powerful about it, and they said, Jesus, would you just teach us how to pray? And Jesus starts out by actually telling them what not to do. He says, don't be like the hypocrites. Don't be like the, sad, the, the Pharisees and just kind of be all about yourselves and stand up here and make everybody look at you to try to impress other people as you're praying. And the other thing you don't want to do is you don't want to just go and babble and talk and talk and talk and use a lot of words. Just, just, you know. And he says, the, the, the cool thing about this is, man, what you need to do is just go into a private room and close the door. So it's just you and this intimate relationship of you and God. So it's just here. And what he says is that if you do that, God will see you, and God will hear you. It's amazing what happens there. And, and so when you look at this prayer and break it down, there's actually four different kind of parts to it, if you will. You know, we, we've talked about this, this posture. We've talked about provision that God provides for us. We talk about this pardon, and today we're going to be talking about the protection. But I, what I want to do is just kind of walk through this, this prayer one last time today. So we're going to be in Matthew chapter 6. Chap verses 5 through 13. If you want to get your U versions, your Bibles out, it'll also be on the screen. So let's just walk through this one last time and just pull out some more things to this whole prayer. Verse 5 says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you do pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your father, listen to this, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And I think we, we gloss over that so many times when we read this. And, 
And so many times, I know when I pray, there's so many times I just come in and, and I've got this laundry list of things I would love God to show up and do in my life. There's these things that I would love for him to accomplish in my life. And I've got this whole list of things. And what Jesus is saying here is God knows those. God already knows those before we even ask them. And so this then is how you should praise what Jesus says. And he's setting up this whole thing about posture, how we are to go before God in prayer. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And he uses this metaphor, this, this picture of a father, because it's the closest relationship that, that Jesus can think of that we may be able to relate to. And, and this perfect, loving father that, that you have is, is one who comes alongside you, who cares for you, who nurtures you, who challenges you at times, who, who, who wants to protect you from, from all kinds of things. He loves you more than ever. And maybe some of you didn't have that kind of father figure in your life, but what God is, say, is, is wanting to do here is be that kind of father figure for you. Our heavenly father, hallowed be your name. And, and this whole picture of, of us stopping and pausing for a moment. So often we're trying to get to our list of things that we want that we don't stop and just stand in awe of who God is. The one and only God. There is no one like him. We sing songs about that, that there's no rival, there's no equal. But do we ever stop and really think about who we are able to communicate with? Who we are closing the door in our private time and, and, and intimately this father figure who we can go to, who loves us, who cares for us, who wants to protect us, that there is no one like him. Can you imagine the privilege and honor we have of standing in front of God, the creator of everything? Jesus goes on in verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is, I think, just, again, this whole posture thing that we've got to get right is we've got to start to understand that this is not about our kingdom. And our culture and our society wants us to, to, to go for the next big thing, the next thing that is out there. It's always bigger, better, and best, man. You've got to have it all. You've got to build your, your kingdom in this world. And this posture of this prayer says, no, that's not what it's about. It's about his kingdom. Understanding that what I want you to do, God, is use me to build whatever you want to build in my life. Then it goes on and says, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And I love this line. You know, we as followers of Jesus actually bring heaven down to earth. We ought to be the ones that, that, that are, when we walk into a room, that people are excited to see us. That we bring that little piece of heaven. We, we get to see a glimpse of heaven because of the way that we can interact with others. The way we can, we can be with others. That we can come alongside those who are hurting and, and those who are, who are in need. We're representatives here on earth of what heaven actually looks like. The way that we love. The way that we take care of people. We are the salt and light. And salt gives us flavor. We ought to be the flavor of every place. Our workplaces, our home lives. The places that we travel to, we ought to be the ones that people say, there's something different about them. We ought to be the light that illuminates everything that's going on as, as things are a mess around us in our culture, in our world today, that there's something steadfast about us, that we understand that God is still in control no matter what. It's not about our will, but his will. See, the purpose of, of, of this prayer is for us to align ourselves, not with what we want, because God already knows all those things. But it's to align ourselves with his will. It's a different kind of posture when we go to this prayer. 
The next part is about provision. Verse 11 says, give us today our daily bread. And, and Jordan talked about this a couple weeks ago. And I tell you what, this was a game changer for me. <laughs> we talk about how, you know, it's not about the future. It's not about, you know, it's so often we get so caught up and so worried about, hey, what's going on down the road? You know, I've got this thing happening in a week or a month or, or what are we going to do about, about these things that are a year down the road? Or, and you think, oh man, I get so overwhelmed by all of this stuff. And it's about right here, being in the present Bring in, in the moment. Because when we start thinking about all these things down here, we can miss what God has for us every day. So ever since that teaching, I, I've actually been praying that every day. God, just let me be aware of what's happening around me today. What people you are bringing in and out of my lives. The person who's waiting on me, the person who is standing at line at, at the checkout in the grocery store, whatever it is, God, what is happening around me in this moment that maybe I can have a positive influence on? It can change the way that we look at things. Then we move into pardon. Verse 12, and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. There's freedom in forgiveness. And I think this is such a challenge for, for uh, so many of us is that we realize that we've got to forgive others and we hold on to these grudges. We hold on to these things that people who have hurt us. And, and you may be sitting out there and saying, yeah, but you know, you, you don't know how, how bad I've been hurt by this person, but we are called to forgive as a matter of fact, the two verses immediately after this prayer, listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6, verse 14. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. There's something intricately connected between our forgiveness of others and the forgiveness of God to us. He goes on in verse 15, says, but if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. That ought to give us pause. We ought to check ourselves with the people who are in our lives that, that, that we're holding this, this stuff against. That We need to learn how to forgive them. There's this parable that Jesus talks about, about this guy who has this huge debt. He goes between this, before this king or this magistrate, and, and his debt is forgiven, and he's overwhelmed, and he comes out. But yet he goes to somebody who owes him a lot less money and demands that he be put in jail. And he comes back and the, and the king says, no, you, you didn't forgive their debt, so I'm not forgiving yours now either. There's something, there's something connected between how we forgive others and how God forgives us. And then today we're going to be talking about protection in our verse today. And, and we pray for protection a lot, you know, and, and I think for us it's, it's praying for safety. And, and, you know, we go on our trip and we, we pray for safe travels and things like that. Nothing wrong with that. But I don't think that's the kind of protection that, that we're talking about here. I honestly believe this may actually be protection from ourselves. <laughs> protection against our sinful natures. And we've talked about this as of late is that we have these two natures. This, this one that as we're following Jesus that wants to do right. And there's this other sinful nature that we're born with and, and they're always in battle. There's always in conflict and, and which one is going to win out and our sinful nature is always asking us to do something. It's always trying to pull us back into a different kind of lifestyle, into our addictions, into our, into our problems. And, and so there's this battles going on and, and we need protection from that. Paul himself even talked about this. He said, you know, I, I do these things that I don't want to do. It's always a constant battle. We're not in this whole thing alone. And then Jesus himself was even led into temptation he started his ministry for 40 days. He went and was given over to Satan so Satan would tempt him. Listen to what the Hebrew writer says about this in, in chapter 4. 
It says, for we do not have a high priest. That's who Jesus is. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are. Yet he did not sin. We have this Jesus who who's able to empathize with all our battles, all the things that we're going through, all these things that are pulling us away from him, our sinful nature. Jesus has battled all those things. He can empathize with us. He's been there. There's nothing that you've ever faced. There's nothing that you've ever done. There's nothing that you've ever been pulled away from that that Jesus didn't have to deal with also. So he's there for us. Yet he did not sin. Listen to verse 16. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. When we go to pray, to pray to God, we can go to his throne in confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. And so often the enemy wants us to, to feel so bad and so humiliated about what we've done that God will never want to hear you. But we can go in confidence to his throne. This all leads us to our verse today as we close. Verse 13 says, and lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And I think the main question for us today is this. Who is leading you? Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Who is leading you today? And what is leading you? Jesus regularly invited people to to come alongside of him. He used these two words, and it was, follow me, which really meant, allow me to lead you. You see, I am am so bad with directions. I get lost. I might get lost going home today. It's that bad. And and so, you know, a lot of times we'll say, well, we're going somewhere, and I need to follow someone to that. I don't think Jesus is asking us to follow to a destination. What Jesus is asking us is to follow him in a lifestyle and he, he was inviting us to a way of life that was unlike anything else. He's inviting us to follow him, to see what he, how he lived, how he loved, the difference that he was going to make. He was in a culture that was as much or more of a mess than what ours is even today. All kinds of division, all kinds of racial strife, all kinds of things going on. And, and he said, there's a different way to do life. And I, what I want you to do is I want you to, to let go of yourselves and follow me. Just watch what I do, how I interact with people. Do what I do. It's a radical departure from what was happening in that culture. And it's no different for us today as we decide who is going to lead us in our lives. Because he invites you and me and us today to do this very same thing is to follow him. And here's the thing about following Jesus is he sets the bar extremely high. Man, he sets it unbelievable. Matter of fact, if you look at what, how Jesus invited people, it was almost like he didn't want people to, to follow him. He set the bar so high. There was, you find in all kinds of times in scriptures that people would actually leave and say, I'm not following him anymore. As a matter of fact, before he went to the cross, there was nobody following him. His 12 closest disciples had abandoned him, denied him. The bar was set so high that no one was left at the very end. We have a story of of a rich young ruler who comes to Jesus and says, says, how do I inherit eternal life? And Jesus gives him this checkoff list and and the guy checks them all off. Oh, done that, done that, done that. Oh yeah, I'm good. 
She says, there's one more thing you need to do. You need to sell all your possessions and follow me. And he walks away. Because Jesus knew his heart. He knew that he wasn't going to be all in. And that's the call to follow Jesus. There's, there's a gentleman that comes up to him and says, Jesus, I want to follow you, and, and I will, but I need to go bury my father. Which doesn't mean that he was dead at that time. It just means, you know what, I want to follow you, but I want to do it you know, a little bit later because I've got these things to do. I've got this family to take care of. I've got my, my, my father's business and things to take care of until he dies, and I really can't do that. And Jesus says, that's not the way it works. You either follow me or you don't. It is tough. It is hard to follow Jesus. There's going to be sacrifice if you're truly going to follow him. If you're going to really let him lead you in your life, if you're going to let him lead you not to temptation, it's going to cost you something. There's some sacrifice that's going to have to be made in your life, in our life, if we're going to truly follow Jesus. You see, following Jesus is not on your terms. (laughs) It's on his terms. And he gets to set the way it goes. And and we as the Western church, we honestly struggle with this. We, we kind of soft sell this whole following Jesus thing. We actually like to say, that, well, you know, it's all about believing. And yes, it is about believing. It's about believing that Jesus died on the cross and paid the penalty for your sins. There's no question about that. Many of you are going to go watch football today. And you're going to see somebody in the end zone or in a crowd somewhere hold up this big sign. It's John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. All true, absolutely true. But listen to also what Jesus says in Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. My guess is you're not going to see Matthew 16 on on a sign today in a football game. But this is the seriousness that Jesus took following him. It wasn't an easy thing. He knew what he was asking, and he's asking the same thing for you and me today. Are we going to let him lead us? Are you going to lose your kingdom? Are you going to lose yourself and follow him no matter what it costs? His kingdom come. His will be done, not ours. And there's been so many times in my own life that I've been in this for me. And it creeps in all the time. It's a constant battle. My kingdom or your kingdom? My will or your will? Because let's face it, we just don't like to be led. We actually want to be the ones that are leading. But for me, typically when I lead myself, I lead myself into some kind of trouble. I lead myself in a direction I really shouldn't go. Maybe you're the same way. We get asked all the time, well, is this a sin? I've asked this you know, I don't know how many times it is, is this, this thing a sin? And, and let's just face it, when we ask that, what we're asking is we want to know where that line is. We want to know where the sin line is because we don't want to sin, but we want to know where it is so that we can get as close to it as possibly we can. Doing things our ways. Instead of trying to get as far away as we possibly can from it, we get nose to nose with trouble. And if we start letting ourselves lead instead of Jesus leading, we're going to get ourselves into that trouble. Or, or what we also do is we, we sin and then we know that God is so merciful that we'll just ask for it. Well, I'll just go ahead and do this and then I'll ask for forgiveness later. 
There's whole denominations set up with this, you know? They, they, you, you can have your sin bucket, you can go through the, the entire week and fill up your sin bucket with all the things that you want to do. Then you come to church on a Sunday, and you just say a prayer and dump the old sin bucket out, you know? Now we got our sin bucket, we can go back out the next week and start filling up our sin bucket. It's a great way to live, you know? If that's the God you follow, I want you to understand that is not the God of the scriptures. It's not the way it works. Lead us not into temptation. And we've all given in. We've all have these, these, these spots in our lives that we just struggle with. The, the addictions, living for ourselves, this flirtation with all the things that entice us in this world, flirtations with, with drugs and with alcohol and with sex and, and pornography and, and you name it. We want to get as close to the line as we possibly can. And we've given in, but every time that we've given in, let's just face it, where does it leave us? Every time that I've given in, it, there's, it always comes with despair or regret. I don't think we ever end up in a better place when we give in to our temptations. There's always hurt, broken relationships. Some of you are living today with secrets that you don't want to get out, that you don't want other people to know. And you're living with that, that angst in your lives. There's always less freedom. There's always loss when we give in and be led into temptation. Most of the time because we've let ourselves, we've let our sinful nature take over instead of letting Jesus lead us. We haven't accepted that invitation. We may believe all the right stuff, but we haven't given in and said, Jesus, I want you to lead every aspect of my life no matter what it costs me. That's what following Jesus looks like. And this prayer, this, this, this grown-up prayer is not a formula for us to just get what we want out of life. That's not how it works. It's a prayer to get our hearts in tune with God's will for our lives, with God's purpose for our lives, with what God is calling us to do, making a difference in others' lives. It's a call for us to, to live the way that God wants us to live, a call to surrender to do what he wants us to do. It's just not about believing. It's a pathway to live life like never before, even if it does cost us something. Will you move from just believing today to actually following, to giving your life, giving access to every part of your life to Jesus? Will you let Jesus lead you not into <laughs> temptation and deliver you from the evil one? And you can do that right where you're sitting today. Just say, God, I know, I believe, and I've been, I've been playing with that whole thing, and, and, and I just want you to lead every aspect of my life. You can just simple prayer. Say, God, it's time for me to follow you today. I'm gonna ask the worship team to come back up, and we're gonna play a, a song. It's probably a song that, most of you have not, not heard before, and I love this song. And it talks about, about prayer and, and, and actually moving it from generation to generation and from person to person. I, I want you to understand that we believe here, here that, man, prayer changes things. Prayer changes. You know what prayer changes? It, it actually changes us. Because what happens is when we start praying, when we start modeling this and we get the right posture down, and we understand it's just not this laundry list of things that we ask for. We start seeing things in the way that God sees them. We start seeing people the way that God sees people. 
We see our purpose through a perspective that changes of, of God's purposes. We start seeing our family as a responsibility. We start seeing our, our workplace as a responsibility. We start seeing the next generations coming up as our responsibility. Our heart begins to break for those things that, that break God's heart. Our heart begins to break for, the, for, for those who are far from him, who don't know him. It changes who we are. We believe that prayer can make a radical difference in our lives. And when it does, man, it, it changes the way you spend your time, how you live, how you spend your resources. It's all about him and not us. Can we start praying with intention? Let me pray for you quickly. Father, as we sing, I just pray that your presence will be here, that you will speak to our hearts, and that you'll move us into a closer relationship with you, where we will follow you, not just believe. It's in the amazing name of Jesus, I pray. Amen.
what that was like Trying to deal with the drama Trying to figure out the questions in life And I've been looking for a way to show him How to make it all right Then he walked in my room While I was saying my prayers the other night Said I'll come back later I can tell you've got a lot on your mind I said it's not an interruption You couldn't have picked a better time Cause I was just talking to Jesus Come over and give it a try And we started talking to Jesus
Jesus, and he wants to hear from each and every one of us. We're going to close a little differently today, and I would just ask that, you know, maybe there's something you need to pray about today by yourself, and you want to come up for the last few minutes and just sit in one of the first couple of rows and just talk to God yourself. Maybe some of you are struggling with something or something's been challenging you, and you would just love somebody to pray for you, and Kim is going to come up, and Michael and myself, and a couple of the elders We'll be just kind of standing around here. If you would like somebody to pray for you, we would love and, and count it an honor for us to be able to do that. We believe strongly in the power of prayer. We want to become more and more a, a people in a church that relies on the power of prayer and watching God move so that lives can be transformed as people take next steps with him. The rest, you're free to go. And if you are visiting with us today or your first time, Barb is going to be out in, in the uh, foyer and she would love to give you a little gift on your way out. But if you would, just kind of leave a little bit quietly. Introduce yourselves to some people you may, maybe don't know. Uh, gather, what have you. But if you want to pray for yourselves, just come and, and sit in one of the front rows. Or if you would like, like one of us to pray for you, feel free to make your way up here. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you next Sunday as we start Supernatural. <laughs>